Welcome, dear listeners. This is the Dr. Metal Podcast, another surface where I try to spread my thoughts on metal culture, subculture, and its connections to art, religion, history, and mythology. My name is Janos Fejes, historian of religions and aesthetician from Hungary, with a PhD in literary and cultural studies. I am currently speaking to you from New York City, from the headquarters of drmetal.home.blog. Please look for the same name, Dr. Metal, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well for additional content. Please remember not to write it with a C, but with a K. Let us start today's episode. Today's episode is going to be the first part of a quasi-trilogy that is based on my followers' interest in ancient Near Eastern artifacts, history and religion that have shown in the quiz series of last week. Current episode is going to take us to the world of ancient Egypt, the next one to Mesopotamia and the last one to the borderlands of the Old Testament and its world. Naturally, all episodes are going to focus on different aspects of the chosen topic's reception in metal music with important base information in the beginning. The first inspiring religious phenomenon that I wish to discuss in the coming manner from ancient Egypt is the reform of Akhenaten of the Amarna period. But first, what is Egypt and what is the Amarna period? Ancient Egypt was a civilization of ancient North Africa concentrated along the lower reaches of the Nile River, situated in the place that is now the country of Egypt. Ancient Egyptian civilization followed prehistoric Egypt and coalesced around 3100 BC with the political unification of Upper and Lower Egypt under the King Menes, often identified with Narmer. The history of ancient Egypt occurred as a series of stable kingdoms separated by periods of relative instability known as intermediate periods. The Old Kingdom of the Early Bronze Age, the Middle Kingdom of the Middle Bronze Age and the New Kingdom of the Late Bronze Age are the most important peak points of Egyptian civilization. The religion of ancient Egypt was a sun-centered polytheism, meaning that all the most important royal or regional gods had an aspect of a solar deity or at least some kind of connection towards the concept of it. The gods, rituals, priesthood, demons and all other aspects formed a so important and integral part of Egyptian life that even their language and sacred writing system didn't have a single expression that could be translated as religion. Imagine your point of view on the world where everything is so organic and nothing that is now called as religion is identified as something that can be classified or restricted to one aspect of existence. Amongst the most important solar deities you may remember Ra, Amun, Horus, Amun, Khnum, etc. All regions had their own important solar deity whom they placed on top of their worship while the pharaonic cult cultivated the worship of different gods. For example, the ancient Egyptians pharaohs were throughout ancient Egyptian history believed to be the incarnations of the deity Horus, thereby derived by being the son of Osiris, the afterlife deity, and Isis, goddess of marriage. Naturally, this is a simplification of the vast topic of imperial cult in Egypt, 
but it is important to see that certain gods had different importance in the pharaonic court as those had outside of the royal boundaries. Now we should turn back to Akhenaten and his religious reform. We must consider a full-scale religious reform that affected the culture, art and politics besides religion. As I mentioned above, those are not separate categories in Egyptian belief. The 10th pharaoh of the 18th dynasty was called originally Amenhotep IV and he reigned during the age of the new kingdom around the middle of the 14th century BC. The main goal of his reform was to emerge the worship of Aten, the god of the disk of the sun, instead of Amen, aiming to destroy the yet overgrowing political power of the Amen priesthood. Devoting himself to Aten also chose a new name, that of what he is more known as Akhenaten. The so-called Amarna realism that was a direct effect of his endeavor separates his period from all before and after. The approach, that in the beginning was more like a henotheistic or monolatric movement, later became a monotheistic religion, repressing the worship of all gods but Aten, even recovering the name of Amen to Aten on reliefs. But what does it mean? Henotheistic or monolatric religions are one step away from the polytheism, but are not equal with monotheism. A henotheistic religion places the worship of one god, above all the others, but not rejecting the existence and importance of other gods, while a monotheistic religion denies all other gods' existence but their own. The grandiose new capital city built by the pharaoh, Ahed Aten, that today is known as Tel El Amarna, that gives the name of the period as well, and his religious reform because of its extremities did not survive far after the death of its founder. The early death of his successor, known as Tutankhaten, later Tutankhamen, and during the reign of uh, King Horemheb, the restoration of the old cults began with attempting to erase the Amarna period from memory by destroying the name of Akhenaten on reliefs, destroying his sculptures, etc. The so-called Amarna reform is clearly viewed as heresy from the polytheistic point of view in Egypt. Now we are going to focus on the reception of the ancient heretic in a modern environment. On the cover of the episode you see the young Akhenaten and his also famous wife, Nefertiti, the picture itself is coming from Wikipedia. The first song to be mentioned is from underground power metal band Bayleaf from Germany. The 2003 album is dedicated to the memory of the Amarna period, entitled as the Son of the Sun. The eighth song called Triumph or Defeat is chosen for examination, as it represents an interesting view on the whole phenomenon. The approach presented towards the reforms of Akhenaten is shown to be of an antagonistic nature. On the surface, the first two lines suggest that the dictatorship of Aten is broken and the order of Amen is back, but the brutal pictures after indicate that this triumph and joy only present one side of the coin the opinion and triumph of the recovering Amen priesthood. As from historical accounts, it may seem that the transition after the death of Akhenaten and his son was a natural and divine restoration of the old ways. The group highlights that the interest beyond both movements, meaning the Aten and the Amen cults, had their violent steps towards power, and the aftermath of the rebellion was bloodshed and mayhem. In the third verse, this almost ironic opposition is placed in front of each other, the silencing of the enemy, the people got back their freedom by oppressing powers. 
However, this freedom is not attributed with full sense of security, it is better for the reigning class. The last verse's last four lines makes it obvious if it was not for the listener. From one perspective, the destruction of the Atom fate is a triumph as old order is restored with the high toll of death. From the other side, it is a defeat with the same price. In the end, it does not matter what it is called, the bloody rampage of religious transition is the main phenomenon that is pointed out by the texts. The second one comes from Swedish Tyrion, entitling their work about Akhenaten as the epithet of Pharaohs introduced in the case of Bayleaf, Son of the Sun, from the 2004 album called Sirius B. The stance towards the reform of Akhenaten is neutral with an objective, historicizing attempt. We are informed that in ancient days Pharaoh worshipped the sun above all the important gods that is called hubris, the Greek term for arrogance against the gods' will. But what are the features of his arrogance? He founded monotheism, creating a false light upon himself. The chorus gives a warning to the Pharaoh to be careful about casting away the gods as they may make him fall from grace as it happened. After that we get a wider picture about the Egypt of his time with the weeping sphinx and the trembling pyramids that are portents of the apostasy of the ruler. As the pharaoh is not the only king of Egypt, he is maintainer of divine order and harmony, thus if he leaves the path paved before he also frightens the world to fall in chaos. Not only grief and disappointment are present, but a certain fear of chaos as well. The second part of the song changes direction and tries to understand the motive of the pharaoh that is caused by madness and the duty of his followers is to defeat the religious abomination. If the enumerated are not enough, the arrival of Apep or the Apophis snake is also predicted. The attack of the frightening enemy and the aberration of the pharaoh are connected with each other and between them the text shows us the people of Egypt united in a struggle to rebel against Akhenaten and restore the old ways. It is a desperate historical situation, what may be actualized once again, that is escalated within the lyrics stressed with the grandiose musical tools of the band. The 2005 song from US's Nile could be found on the record Annihilation of the Wicked and is known as Cast Down the Heretic. From the side of musicality, it can be said that current title is the most aggressive one, followed by lyrics filled with disgust and hate. An unknown speaker or group of speakers formulate a curse or chain of curses against the reform movement of Akhenaten. The long text that consists of 58 lines is an enumeration of ill wishes and curses, the most composite one compared to the other text and it has the highest amount of mythological references within, as all courses are connected with a god, goddess, demon or other divine entity that are to punish the heretic pharaoh. The choice of word, heretic and heresy, is an anachronistic term in the context of ancient Egypt. Nevertheless, the concept behind it, that one god is chosen over the whole pantheon, should be considered as a negative act, not just in the means of priesthood and politics, but for the everyday people as well. All the mythological references are not to be examined one by one, as searching for the connection between the mentioned god and the particular act of defilement would not give a brighter picture. Although all the references gather around the humiliation, destruction and forsaking of the memory and all the deeds of the pharaoh, 
who is never mentioned by the name in the text, only about the main epithets give us some points. The name of Amarna, that he is a blasphemer, a heretic, he has a kind of a rebellion, all pointing towards the hated figure. This hate presents the retrospective opinion led by Amen priesthood after the restoration of the old faith and breakdown of the reform. If we would like to place it in an imaginary context, we could say that during the reign of Horam have the official statements of the state about the religious movement of Akhenaten could be the same, defiling monotheism for the sake of the old polytheism, just like defiling Christianity for the revival of ancient paganism. The last song considering present topic, entitled as Akhenaten, the ninth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty, is from Greek Ninth Force 2013 album called Cassiopeia. The first two verses localize the situation of the song giving the date of the titular pharaoh's reign, connected or opposed to the emergence of Christianity. This opposition also shows us that Christianity is identified with monotheism. Then, 1300 years before, in times of Akhenaten, should be as well regarded this way. The worship of Aten by the pharaoh is articulated clearly with a fast-paced turn into the praising of his endeavors, even cursing the old ways of polytheism and world order. This kind of approach is rather unique in its means, as all other revitalizations of the topic show the manner that it is more or less negative towards the monotheistic reform movement of Akhenaten and are more fond of the polytheistic or original order of religion. This polytheism is labeled as a weakness by the speaker of the text, clearly propagating the new era of the brightest star. This rather short text also helps us to do a short summary, as many different methods were cited above to understand the problem of the Amarna period. The reform frame shortly after the death of the reformer and the official memory of the pharaoh is negative, often hateful, the covers of Therion and Nile follow this line. Nightfall represents the opinion about the changes from the perspective of a follower of Akhenaten or of one who considers monotheism to be the peak of religious advancement while Bayleaf could be placed between the two, focusing on the suffering caused by the two transitions, especially the rearrangement of the old rites. Next week, we travel to ancient Mesopotamia. Thank you for joining me in today's analysis and mental travel into the world of metal and its culture. Thank you for your attention and interest. If you wish to get instant notification about new episodes, please follow the podcast on Spotify or Anchor. Please remember to look for the different social media surfaces of Dr. Metal. Each and every one of those could be found in the Linktree link at the description of the podcast. There you can find contact info, etc. All feedback is appreciated. Thank you very much. Next time, I will wait you back.